And hello, everybody, and welcome into the Bill Austin Radio Studios here in downtown Phoenix. It is 1 o'clock p.m. here on Friday, September 10th. I'm Gareth Kwok. I'm Edwin Prez. And I'm Miller McKinney. And this is DTP. Here is the planet's ultimate game. There may well be a storm brewing here tonight in many senses. What can happen today? We wonder. Hello, everybody, and welcome into this edition and season premiere of Dissecting the Pitch here on BlazeRadioOnline.com. Gareth Kwok alongside my co-hosts Edwin Perez and Miller McKamey. Gentlemen, we're back. Senior year. This is the the senior season, the the, the send-off, you can say. I'm I'm seeing you guys right here. Good to be back in the studio. How are you both doing? Electric. I mean, we're finally going to be able to do it live every week. Uh, we'll be in the studio, so you know more great content's going to be coming to you live. We're going to have just a great time, and it's a good send-off for us. So uh, I'm excited for this semester. Yeah, I couldn't say it any better. I mean, you know, I just think, like, you know, a few months ago, we we were doing it on our computers, you know, in our rooms, and, and now <laughs> we're finally back, so it's good to be here. Uh, it sure is. I, by the way, like I like the haircut, Miller. Uh, for those, you got it's nice. It's nice and uh, nice and trim, real good, eh? Isn't it? Isn't it? Huh? I had to get my priorities in check before I came for the first show. You know? <laughs> I, I like it, looking clean. Edwin's repping the uh, Atlanta United today. Yeah, absolutely disgusting. It's uh, he's, yeah. he, you already got some compliments about the uh, about the jersey yeah, coming into the yeah, building on the way today. in the building. Yeah, absolutely, it was a twenty dollar little pickup uh, <laughs> at Ross. Oh, so I said uh, absolutely. It's a worthy pickup, just my size. So, I mean, why not get it? Those boys at DHK aren't outfitting you anymore. <laughs> uh, no, they still are, but currently we got some money in the DraftKings. So oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh well, we're gonna have to wait for that. <laughs> but uh, but we got a lot to talk about. A lot of summer soccer to catch up on, as well as some some big names that went to some some new teams. And so why don't we just get started immediately with just the the recap from this summer of international play. Let's start off with the UEFA Euros 2020, you could say, in 2021. And it was Italy that ended up winning their first Euro championship since 1968. We're going to catch up a little bit, but the final four for you was Italy, Spain, England, and Denmark, and it ended up being Italy winning the Euros back this summer. Uh, gentlemen, just your initial thoughts. It, it, first of all, it wasn't really the teams that you picked earlier uh, when we picked them in the spring. I believe uh, Miller, Miller had France, and uh, Edwin had England. And so close. Edwin was the closest, but, uh, but Italy winning it all, though. What do you make of that? Over a year and a half, I called England, and people mocked me, and I was so close. <laughs> people mocked like, me. The people mocked me. If I only had DraftKings then, you know, the odds would have been. It would have been beautiful. But, I mean, this whole tournament was just – it was it was beautiful. I mean, it was the tournament that we needed. A lot of these storylines. I mean, you, you include the final four. It was an Italy team that didn't make the World Cup, 
It was a Spain team that had a lot of questions. They're very young, but they're very historical. An England team who hasn't had a good tournament in quite a long time. I mean, other than the World Cup run, don't get me wrong. But they needed some prominence. And then a Denmark team who we know who, what happened, sadly, to Christian Eriksen. And for them to go all the way to the uh, semifinal and have a run like that, it was just truly remarkable. I mean, all the games, the matchups, especially in the knockout stages, was 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 fantastic to see. And for Italy to win, I think it was very deserving. I think they were the best team in the tournament, you know, game in, game out. I mean, I thought England, you know, also kind of deserved it. But at the end of the day, if we looked at the tournament and who performed better, I think it was Italy at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, and it's crazy just thinking because I feel like the last time we were in the studio, we were talking about, uh, well, maybe not the last time, but I remember vaguely when we were in here before talking about, you know, how Italy didn't qualify for the World Cup and what that was going to mean for them going forward and how are they going to get back. And, you know, they since 2019, you know, they now have set the world record in international play for unbeaten in a certain amount of games, and that has reached 37 yep. in the past few days. So, I mean, they've done everything right that they needed to to bounce back from, you know, not qualifying. So, if there's a team to blueprint at all right now to say how can we be successful, you got to look at Italy as that team. But I don't know, Edwin. I you know you called England and you you were so confident. <laughs> I was really confident in them. We went to we went to a little bit of a bar to watch together. We did. <laughs> it was a very exciting time. <laughs> I mean, did. props to England. I mean, listen, Southgate gets a lot of shtick, and uh, he does get a little. Uh, he deserves a little shtick after what he did in the final. But, I mean, for him to get that squad, a lot of question marks. Harry Kane wasn't performing well. And to make a final, I think that's huge. That bodes well for England because I think they needed a big tournament out of that squad. I mean, even with Harry Kane suffering, you saw someone like Raheem step up huge. That's big. Someone like Calvin Phillips, now is being called the Yorkshire Pirlo. I mean, just <laughs> it, was, it was truly tremendous for that team. But... Uh, you know, Miller, you mentioned I'm pick- I picked England last time. I already know who's going to win the next Euros. Oh, my. Uh-oh. It's Spain. That okay. Spain team is Ooh. crazy. So before we get to that really quick, because that's a hot take. <laughs> for Edwin, that's a hot take. That's not a hot take. Anybody it's... that's not England is a hot take for you. But yeah. uh, really quick, before I say something about that, I also want to say that, you know, this Italy team that won – uh, there's a lot of teams in a lot of different sports that will win championships. And a lot of people will tell you that it's the right mix of, you know, you get a little bit of youth in there. You have some veteran guys that have played there before. And that's exactly what Italy had. Italy had a few guys that could captain the team, especially in the defense. Uh, and they had their young guys that came up and performed as well. And if you look at the England team, they, they didn't really necessarily have a lot of veteran guys. They, they relied on a lot of their youth players. And so I think, you know, maybe the next time around, maybe they'll be the ones that will have the right mix uh, on the team, especially after this. This was a big experience for them and good for them. But Spain, Edwin, and Gareth, I got to know, <laughs> how, 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 do, how is Spain going to win the next one? Who's going to play striker for them? Because obviously that's the need right now. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Spain, that Spain <laughs> attack is crazy. That, crazy they're enough. very they young. Guys. The Pedri, Ansu Fati, a lot of the those guys were very young. I mean, Unai Simone, yes, he had a bad mistake, but he still has a lot of growth. I, yeah, but like, how is he the starting goalkeeper? What? Well, because they. I mean, I know 
De Gea, but De Gea's <laughs> past is prime. They got to move to the future, and they're building toward that, right? And realistically, their their eyes are not set on that Euros. It's more on the next Euros, the upcoming World Cup, and all that. I mean, by that time, it'll, uh, half of Italy teams will be in a retirement home. How old they are? Certainly good. They're, those are some good teams and models to follow. To follow for those that are trying to get back into it. But really quickly, before we move on to the next major international competition, France, what happened to them? Why did they burn out? I mean, I, I think uh, there was so much pressure and expectations for them that they couldn't live up to it. When you have a team like that, and I mean, I think 80% of the people picked France to do it after that World Cup. I think they just couldn't live up to it. I mean, there was just, the the main players that would be playing um, fantastically for them weren't clicking. I mean, someone like Kylian Mappe. I mean, I still love the dude. I still think he's you know one of the best that's going to play the game. He just he, it wasn't his tournament, and that, that's that's a rarity for France. And sometimes when you head into tournament, when you're not on the the right kind of form, some of your players it's going to catch to you. And obviously, in, in a penalties format, it's a fifty fifty shoot. Um, so I think it was just not not the right time for them, and I think a lot of expectations that they failed uh, failed to live up to. So it was, it was very shocking to see that, at least. For me, I think what happened to France is they're one of those teams that's really talented, but they can play up to opponents and they can play down to opponents. And, you know, we've kind of seen that even in, you know, qualifiers recently. I mean, they just beat Finland this week 2-0, but the five games before that they drew. And, you know, if people are calling you the best team in the world, you shouldn't be drawing five games in a row. So I don't really know. And, and another question that I have is, you know, is Benzema going to stick with the team for this World Cup run? Because he was an added boost, a guy that they needed, especially when Mbappe wasn't performing. And you kind of got to look at it and ask yourself, you know, is it, it's not probably fair to call Mbappe not clutch because he's only, you know, early 20s. Like, you know, he's just started his career, really. But he made, he made some big plays in the last World Cup, Ooh. too. But Can't forget some about point, that. You got to ask yourself, you know, Champions League, the Euros, he just hasn't really showed up in the big moments when the teams have really needed him. Well, it's that's something to, that's going to be need to monitor throughout this next Champions League with this PSG team that has massive expectations. We're going to be talking about that later on, but we got to move on. We're going to move on now to Copa America where Argentina, Lionel Messi grabs his first international trophy. I mean, it took him 15 years. It was a long wait. All of his teammates seemed to uh, know know the situation, of course, and how much it meant to him, but Argentina, Brazil, it seemed like it was the, 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 the two deservingly teams in the final, but Argentina ends up winning it. Argentina, Messi getting his title, Edwin. Ronaldo fans are shaking their boots. <laughs> they, they can't. The one thing they lived off of was Messi not getting their international trophy, and look yeah, who, who finally wrong. got it. And uh, I know they'll say, oh, Messi didn't do too much in the final. Well, where was Ronaldo in the Euro finals? He was injured on the bench watching Eder score a goal for for Portugal. So all I'm saying is he <laughs> Messi was the best player of the tournament, and he uh, he won the final thanks to Di Maria. I'll credit him. Yeah. But uh, but it, it was something that he needed to get over the hump, and now he <laughs> – we're going to discuss this move in the future, so I won't tease it. But uh, <laughs> now Ronaldo fans are a little scared because he's he's starting to reach where uh, they don't want him. And the Ballon d'Or is looking very secure for this year. So <laughs> it's it's a scary moment. But also Brazil, I mean, what a tournament. But at the end of the day, I mean, all you did in that tournament 
goes into one game, and if you can't show up in that last game, I mean, you're not going to get it. I mean, they had so many opportunities, and me and Miller discussed that. They had all the time in the world to get back in it, and they just didn't. Yeah, and th- this had to be bittersweet for you, too, because it was your boy <laughs> against your boys. <laughs> That's the issue. <laughs> Messi against Brazil, you know, and then. And a lot of people, you know, on the same way are calling for Neymar's never won an international trophy either. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what do you mean? So, the Olympics? Well, yeah, the Olympics. Yeah, but that doesn't count. <laughs> a lot of people don't count it. Uh, yeah, but don't worry. He's going to win that World Cup, but that's a future discussion. With the senior team. With the senior team. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. We'll but, discuss uh, that later. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it, it was still, a, I think, a... A, a good scene to see, though, for Absolutely. a feel good, a feel good story for regardless, oh, for sure. regardless. I mean, you could tell how much it, it meant to him. And I mean, as you talked about that, when give, you got to give credit to Brazil that they only allowed three goals the entire tournament. They played really, really well up until that, including the knockout stage up until that final game. Yeah. And it just really took it was just one little defensive breakdown. They weren't able to convert a chance. That's kind of how cruel the game can be. But um, but that's Copa America. Let's now talk the Gold Cup. Where the United States pulled off the upset from uh, from everyone around the, the soccer verse, they played a really solid tournament. Only conceded one goal the entire tournament. They they had really good defense, and you know the question would be, could they defeat a Mexico team that had they had some A guys, A team guys in there? And Miles Robinson said, "Yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and beat them." <laughs> took them <laughs> took them 117 minutes to do so, but the the header late in the late in the contest. Uh, and, and for Greg Berhalter, that had to have felt good. But how much do you are you buying into this Gold Cup performance, uh, gentlemen? Uh, for me, I, I'm a avid U.S. Uh, hater, I guess hater you could say. Is the right <laughs> You're a skeptic. You could, you could say. He's a, he's a skeptic. I think, yeah, okay, let me lay out some stuff real quick because <laughs> I know we don't have time. Uh, the Olympics means more than the Gold Cup. I'll just say that first and foremost because this Gold Cup. Uh, but I'll tell. I'll give U.S. credit for one thing. The CONCACAF Nations League final meant more than what the Gold Cup meant because that was basically A team versus A team-ish. So, I mean, for them to win that was huge. But you can't take away a lot from the Gold Cup. When you look at what happens, what happened in the CONCACAF qualifiers early on. The first two games they drew and they struggled, and they barely beat a Honduras team. Uh, I mean, obviously they got four goals at the end of it, but it took them quite a while to break through an Honduras team that's not that good. So that's why I don't take a lot from the Gold Cup, but you got to give the praise for beating a Mexico team and doing what they had with the team that they had because Mexico should have won it. And that's, and that's the bottom line. So got to give them praise for that, but I, it, the focus is on the CONCACAF qualifiers rather than what happened in the gold cup i it's kind of up in the air um if you're a gambler i'll put it in gambling (laughs) terms and say this is not a team that i would bet on um nope i would stay away from all of the games that they play because i i mean they they went out and they won they won this and then you know now I can't really say that they're playing against the same teams in World Cup qualifying that they were in the Gold Cup because they were, but they're they're not exactly the same rosters and the same starting lineups, et cetera. But it it just still seems like everybody that I've talked to that has watched the U.S. games recently, I've told them that my take on it is that they just haven't found an 11 yet that they can really start and run with. They're still just throwing random lineups out there to see what works and what doesn't. I mean, you know, Ricardo Pepe just went absolutely ballistic the other night and put the whole team on his back. (laughs) Um, But, you know, he was a guy that came in in the second half and, you know, hadn't, you know, played really that much. 
And so there's still a bunch of question marks on this team as to who's going to start where and who fits the best and who's going to come on in the second half, things like that. And that's something that you really do have to figure out and should have been figuring out before World Cup qualifying when it really matters. Well, and I think that's why, I mean, it's a lot of experimentation, but it feels like this experimentation has gone on for years, right? Yeah, absolutely. A little too long, I feel like, because now I get that you're focused more not on the next World Cup, but the one afterwards that's going to be in the U.S. and Mexico and Canada. But if you don't make this World Cup, that sets you even more behind. And again, it's not a guarantee that they're going to make it. People are like, oh, we beat Honduras. It's over. We're good. No, there's still a long road to go, and they struggled even against uh, Honduras. They can't be expecting an 18-year-old from FC Dallas named Pepe to come out and show out every game. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, it, it was exciting <laughs> to see. Don't get me wrong. I, I love that moment, but they, they need their big stars to show up, and it looked like they were very reliant on Pulisic, who went down to the injury, which is not something that they can be doing week in, week out. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, again, World Cup qualifiers. We'll be sure to talk about that next show and, and as it continues to progress. But let's move on now. We're still recapping the summer here on Dissecting the Pitch. Gareth Kwok alongside Miller McKady and Edwin Perez here on BlazeRadioOnline.com. Summer transfer window. Some people saying this might have been the, I, I think, the craziest summer transfer window Absolutely. yet. Edwin seems to agree. Let's we're, we can't get to every single move, but let's talk about the big moves. And let's first talk about... Uh, Lionel Messi to PSG on a free transfer after 21 years at Barcelona. He goes to PSG via a free transfer. So I'll I'll list kind of the player that got transferred, and then you can give your little explanation and then give a grade. So we're again we're back oh, in the classroom. Yes. We're Let's the professors. Go. I know professors. you guys love you guys love when I put you in this role. It seems like <laughs> I, I know you guys love love this. Absolutely. Um, uh, Lionel Messi, the PSG. Just your reaction when you heard that he was gonna be moving out after 21 years, and then it seemed like the team though was not much of a surprise that he picked. For everyone, it's not Barcelona. It's an A plus move. <laughs> it's a plus move for everyone not named Barcelona. Um, but it crazy, crazy move. I mean, obviously, that shows you that Barcelona really is in a bad, bad situation right now. And it kind of realized that. But it's a great move for Messi because at the end of the day, he's going to go play there for two to three years. He has a great chance to win the Champions League. But it's kind of reminiscent of the move of Ronaldo to Juventus. His whole, his, I think his sole focus is to win the Champions League because they should win. They should win the French league even without Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. So the the sole purpose of this move is to elevate them in that Champions League. And when you have someone coming in like Ramos, Donnarumma, and all the rest that we're talking about in a little bit, it's such a window for them. And to add it with the greatest of all time, in my opinion. I mean, come on. It's, it's it's just a miraculous move and a perfect place for him to go to win a Champions League, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, talk about the fall of an empire, Barcelona, you know. They really they had their time, and it's over now. Um, but I, I don't know. I thought really, really good move for PSG. Um, I th- think it kind of came at a weird time, uh, especially after we've seen the news about Mbappe recently. Um, because obviously Real Madrid wanted him really bad, put in a world record bid of 200 million euros in for him. My Still goodness. couldn't get him. I don't know why PSG did not <laughs> let him walk they for 200 million when he's going to be a free agent <laughs> next summer. But I digress. I think that you know this messy signing was a really good one for them. 
Uh, PSG has been on the brink of winning the Champions League for years. I mean, for the past handful of years, they've been one of those teams that everybody's saying could be a favorite. You know, if they get the right matchups, they'll win. And, you know, obviously it's been unfortunate because, you know, they've played Bayern and they've played a really good Man City team and things like that. But if you put, you know, obviously one of the best two soccer players of all time on the team, that can never be a bad thing. Absolutely. And on paper, it should put them over the top, right? Oh, that, easily. That, on that's paper. what you yeah. think, you know. We got we got to see it to believe it, though. <laughs> exactly. We got to see how it works out. Well, let's, just, let's just say I was going on DraftKings and putting PSG winning the Champions League is all I'm saying. But Somebody's we'll, got to we'll, lock we'll, this man we'll, out of DraftKings. We'll, I know. We'll I know. move on, he's, Gareth. He's getting, a little, uh, he's getting a little ahead of himself there. We, he he might have to be in addition to the Miller time segment now. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's move on. Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United. The second, you know, I mean, that's the other big signing from this summer. 15 million euros from Juve to Man U. After three, only three seasons with Juventus. Remember, it seemed like we were just here, I don't know, like a couple of days ago or, you know, not even a year ago when we were talking about this move. But now... He's on the way out, wasn't able to win that Champions League with Juventus, and he returns to United for the first time since he left the club in 2009. Miller McKinney for 15 million euros. Cristiano Ronaldo back with uh, back with Manchester United and back at Old Trafford. What do you make of it? And what's your grade? Uh, well, I'm going to start off with the grade and say A++++ plus 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 <laughs> and then continue and tune in 15 minutes later for when I get done with the pluses. But, I mean, he... Okay, just to put it into perspective here for the people listening, Cristiano Ronaldo has more followers on Instagram than all of the Premier League teams do combined. And you bring that to your club, he's already made a third of them, a third of the money back from his transfer just in the shirt sales in the first week. Oh, so that he's already paying off. It's basically <laughs> at the end of the season, it's going to be like he came for free. So I, that's honestly a beautiful signing, way to get him to come back. A lot of people were saying he left as one of the best players in the world and he's coming back as one of the best players of all time, uh, which okay. I think is okay. pretty that's fair, fair yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's the same thing as Messi, I feel like. When you get one of these two players on your team, it can never be a bad thing. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he kind of slots in with the team and you know, how some of the players are going to have to differentiate their roles and things like that to be able to really get him to mesh with the squad because he is a selfish player. Absolutely, he is. is. And that's the one drawback I say that, you know, I think that Messi is not really a selfish player like Ronaldo is. So we're going to see how he does with the team, but I think all in all, really good sign. And there's a lot of mouths to feed on that that team, right? I mean, who's going to take set pieces now? Who's going to take penalties? Who's going to take free kicks? Someone's going to have to sacrifice, right? Exactly. So I just hope hope that you know it all works out saturday versus newscastle we'll see right a little bit we'll of a, see. yeah so we'll be up for that one. i think miller's just saying it's a little bit of an overpay absolutely <laughs> 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 no, uh, we have a lot of moves to discuss so all i'll say is tremendous move obviously it's a move that i kept joking with miller every every time we talk on the show is ronald's going back to manny yeah. ronald's going back and to, for it to be reality, I'm happy. And I'd rather him move to Man United than Man City, as which was the rumor. Not City. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't want to see City. I just didn't make sense for me if it was City. But him returning to where he once played and loved makes sense. Well, yeah, and that makes sense for Manchester United, even if they 
on paper don't necessarily need him, right? Yeah. You don't want to have your rival go get him, and then then you got to go play against him right, for exactly. the next couple of years. He'll he, haunt you. You yeah. got to be able to do that. This might be an obvious question, but who's more impacted by the departure of the big star, Juve or Barca? Miller. Oh, shoot. It has to be what? one of those two. Uh, Juve. <laughs> <laughs> you. Miller. I am the most impacted. Miller's yes. bank account because of how many bets he's about to put on Man United week in, week out. And that jersey is already on the way for us. I'll, I'm absolutely going to get that one, too. Not going to lie. Oh, my God. Uh, but uh, definitely Juve. I mean, look, think about it. Their whole purpose of bringing Ronaldo was Champions League, and it was a failure, right? It, yeah. It's not even put it nicely. It was a failure. I mean, look at that last season. It was such a terrible season for Juve. I so you're saying Juve? Yeah, Juve. I think I, I I it's hard to say. I don't know if I can agree or disagree because you know, think about Juve and all that they haven't accomplished while he was there. Mm. Think about what Juve's going to be now. That's true. They're going to they're going to be a, a shadow of what they were before and you know, they don't really have a whole lot of young guys coming in. Obviously they have Weston McKinney, but I wouldn't say that he's you know, a bright spot of the future, really, yet. So. His mind's not so bright after breaking the protocols, too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's just yeah. so I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to become of either of these teams. But right now, I think that I think that Barcelona is obviously in the worst spot because of the moves that they have made and, and how they continue to impact the team and obviously what they can and can't do with players so i don't know i think barcelona is probably still hurting a little bit more but juve is in a lot of trouble too a couple more minutes before we head to head to break here our first break here on dissecting the pitch how about sergio ramos to the paris saint-germain free Such transfer dirty uh you know he, he may be getting up there in age a little bit but i think you know is he still considered to be a, a top center back in the world what do you, what do you what's the grade you get for for sergio ramos you're adding one of the best center backs that we've ever seen in our lives and just the captain that he is and the experience he's going to bring to that team and a hot take it's not the best defensive move they made over the summer but i'll talk about that later when we do quick <laughs> reactions but uh just for them to bring a player like that they're bringing <laughs> uh ramos and a Messi into it probably the two of the greatest <laughs> la liga in in the last bit not including ronaldo benzema and all that what what a, what a window for PSG! It's just they're the biggest winners, and so I mean you can throw in another A on this move because I mean how how else are you going to grade this? If you call this even a a B, that's a disgrace because it's a free move at the end of the day. And if I'm not wrong, I think you're talking about foreshadowing a little bit the little Moroccan boy that plays for them now. Oh, I'm not. You're not talking about Hakimi. I'm talking about a Portuguese. Oh, oh a, little, a little bit of a Nuno Mensch. <laughs> Nuno <laughs> Mensch. <laughs> Nuts move that. It's not listed, but I'll quickly react to it after the break. Okay, Don't you right. worry, because we got the break right. coming up. Well, I think short and simple, I think one of the biggest problems for PSG, especially in their past few Champions League runs, has been, you know, the defense in the midfield hasn't really had a leader. Uh, and, you know, Marquinhos can kind of step up and be that leader when he's there, but, you know, he's had a couple of problems with injuries and stuff like that here and there, so I think that giving them another guy that's been in all the situations before that has this experience that, you know, maybe a little bit on the older side, but, again, he could still play. He still has a lot of impact on his teammates around him on the field, so I think a really, really good signing for PSG. How about Jaden Sancho? To Manchester United, 85 million euros. It, it was, you know, a bit of a lower asking price than than Dortmund may have wanted, but nevertheless, you know, pretty. It seems like a reasonable price. Sancho on the wing. That should be. I, I mean, in addition to having Ronaldo as well, 
Mr. Miller, what do you think about Jay and Sancho? What's the grade here? Uh, my grade is a C. Yeah. Okay. This deal. Okay. Uh, I like the player, though I'm not, and I've stressed this enough before, I'm not a big fan of how teams are blowing young talent out of proportion on their price tags. Yeah. You know, and so I, I think that United are going to lose a lot of money on this deal. I don't know if Sancho is going to live up to an $85 million price tag. I just don't think he's that player yet. He could be, but he's he's going to have to show it. And, you know, obviously the Premier League and – it, it's a long season, you know, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how many games he starts, how many goals and assists he has, like what his contribution really is to the team. And then I think after that, we can kind of decide was $85 million the right price for this player. And I think the answer is going to be no. I don't have to explain it more than what he said, C plus because of, <laughs> of the price tag. And I mean, Erling Alon going to be that price tag, uh, even a little less next year with the, yeah. so, and you know, he's going to be worth the price more than Sancho. But I think the next move that you're going to talk about Gareth uh, Veron. Yeah. That's a that's a great move that one. Well, just to say I think that's crazy that you guys think 85 million was was high and that Dortmund was asking for more. Could you imagine if United even spent like over 100? That was that was, the, that uh, was what it was I, reported I would at, right? be losing sleep over that. <laughs> Miller was panicking when it was that oh, yeah. yeah, when it was 110 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah, it was, was ridiculous, sweating. right? Sweating. Rafael Veron though, that that seems to be a much better move. This guy, one of the best young center backs, still only 28 years old. 41 million euros from Real Madrid to now Manchester United. Miller, this one seems to be a little bit more reasonable, and and you're going to get a great guy in that back line. Yeah, this one's a no-brainer. I think this one's an A, maybe A-plus, depending on if he can stay healthy. I think he will. Um, But obviously, you know, Real Madrid gave up their uh, legacy to the throne, uh, leaving both their center backs (laughs) to walk, you know, to other teams. And this was the signing I did not expect. Um, No one expected that. I didn't see this one coming at all until I started hearing rumors about it, and then it was done soon after. Um, But I just got to say, you know, as a Manchester United fan, but even as a spectator of the sport, Manchester United was in a really bad place a few years ago even after they let go of Ibra and, you know, Pogba and everything. But I I think that, you know, obviously the last two transfer windows they had have been phenomenal. I've put them back to closer to the top. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's truly, truly tremendous. I mean, I'm not going to say much more than that, but Real Madrid, what are you thinking? You lost Ramos. And you lost the guy who's supposed to be the next Ramos, and you labeled him as it, (laughs) to Man United for a good price. Like, well, good price for Man United, not for Real Madrid. Doesn't make sense. He was a guy that just needed to stay healthy, and he was probably one of the best center backs in the league. So for them to lose that is huge. So probably an F for Real Madrid, in my opinion. All right, well, that's the first half of our show. We'll be right back here with the second half of Dissecting the Pitch here on Blaze Radio Online right after this break. I will be stronger. They'll call me freedom just like a wave and fly. All right, welcome Timeless. back. Yes, classic, right? Second half of dissecting the pitch here on this Friday, live from the Bill Austin Radio Studios here in downtown Phoenix. Gareth Kwok, Edwin Perez, Moe McKinney. Edwin, you like that, right? Bring, come on, bring him back a timeless classic, right? Yeah, that song is truly tremendous. I mean, it's the best song of the World Cup, so, <laughs> I mean, you got to love it. 
Absolutely. Well, we still got some more summer transfers to grade. This is going to be a little bit of a rapid fire since we have Absolutely. so much to talk about. Don't and worry. so I, in one to two sentences, I'm going to name off some players here. We got, we got several that we want to uh, highlight here. And if, maybe if we have a little more, more time, I might throw out some more here that I haven't wrote down already. Uh, g- give your reasoning and then give your grade. Let's first start off with Antoine Griezmann from Barcelona. <laughs> Everyone's looking at Miller. as a, He's got an interesting look on his face there. Loan back to Atletico for $10 million. Uh, let's start off with Miller here. I think that Atletico have done what could be considered a master class on this deal. <laughs> Absolutely. They, you know, they sold Griezmann to Barcelona for a hefty, hefty, hefty price tag. Uh, lemon scented and all. <laughs> and, you know, he did nothing. He did nothing. And Atletico won the league Yeah. while he was at Barcelona. And now Barcelona are saying, all right, you get to go back for a penny to what we paid. <laughs> and I think that they just – Absolute great business. Oh, they a double agent if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Absolutely, Atletico's got Barcelona on strings. <laughs> on double string. A plus. But let me give you Griezmann A for Atletico B. My reasoning to do it really quickly is what's happening to Yao Felix now. You have a Griezmann, you have a Suarez. What's Yao doing? They they don't know what he's doing. They've spent a, quite a hefty price on Yao Felix. I felt like. What should have happened is Griezmann goes to Atleti, Jao goes to Barcelona. Both benefit from a move player-wise, maybe not club-wise. But, uh, so that's, that's my reasoning. I know we got a few moves to talk about, but that, I feel bad for Yao Felix. GG Donnarumma. To PSG. Now, I thought this was the guy that you were hinting at, Edwin, earlier in the show. I uh, I was wrong. I, once you said por- once you said Portuguese, I said, oh, that's not that's not him. But Gigi Donnarumma, one of the best young goalkeepers in the world, on the free transfer to PSG. The grade and the reasoning here, gentlemen. The next Buffon, the best player, the best goalkeeper of the Euros. He has such a bright future. I mean, you saw the work he did back there. Tremendous keeper with a great future, and to get him on a free transfer. And he's a future player for PSG for quite a few years. That's an A+. Plus. So, I mean, probably one of my favorite moves that they did of the window. Yeah, and, you know, his idol, Gianluigi Buffon, you know, has been playing. He's, what, 40-something now, 45? <laughs> yep. You know, so goalkeepers can play for a long time. And Donnarumma has been playing at the senior level since he was 18. Yeah. So he's, I, he's got a lot of experience and, and still what, you know, he's a young guy. So that's a huge signing for them. Huge signing Still just them. only 22. I mean, he's only basically our age. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> he's he, crazy. That's uh, before I move on to the next guy. Interesting to see what they do with Kaylor Navas too, because oh, he's got to feel bad for Navas. I know, man. right? He's he's a good he's a good keeper. He's a very he's a solid guy. Yeah, he led for Real Madrid, you know, because they wouldn't use him, and then PSG had him, and he played really well man. for PSG. I thought, you know, in the Champions League and everything, and now they got, got replaced again. So Kaylor's nuts at Champions League too, Thanks. like the way he did, and it's the same situation with Real Madrid. Real Madrid brought in Courtois. I mean, and they said, see you later. So uh, you just got to feel bad for Kaylor. Hashtag, hashtag West Ham signing. <laughs> hashtag I stand, with, I stand with Kaylor. <laughs> hashtag I stand with Kaylor. Um, let's move on. Jack Grealish to Manchester City. Big whopping 120 million pounds. Edwin's shaking his head. What, why, do you, why are you shaking I, your I head like there? I like the player. Don't get me wrong. But for 120 million pounds. On that team. And you need a number nine. This man's not a number nine. He, he, all summer window, they say, Guardiola said, number nine, number nine. 
and you were going to bring Kane, which would have been a great move for you, and you brought in Grealish for $120 million. That's why I'm not a big fan of this move. But, I mean, big W for Aston Villa for getting that much money on him. <laughs> That's how you do business uh, in soccer. Man City, you need a number nine. You said Gabriel Jesus is now a winger. What are you doing? Because Erling Alon, now you maybe can't afford him. and He probably is going to go somewhere else knowing the situation there. So, What's the grade? What, what grade are you giving? C? Probably. I don't want to give it a D or F, and, uh, but like, uh, it's a very questionable move, I mean, because what, what what has he done so far? They don't know where to put him, uh, and he's coming off the bench roll for that much? That's crazy right now. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to give it a D. I got to give it a D. Very man. close to an F. Might be an F. And a lot of people may be looking at me saying, well, you're a United fan, so of course you're going to give it that. <laughs> but I just want to put it into perspective here. Manchester City is a team that obviously doesn't have any issue spending money. Um, they kind of just spend a little bit over what people ask for, and they get the players they want. Uh, you know, Manchester United, they, they bought Varane for $41 million, And last year, Manchester City signed Nathaniel Ake for $40 million, And look how much he's played. You know, so like they 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 like to spend money. So obviously, 120 million pounds not a big deal for them. But again, I'm not a person that likes those kind of price tags right now. Yeah, don't think it's worth it, especially on this team. I mean, they already have Bernardo Silva, they already have Riyad Mahrez, they already have Kevin De Bruyne, and they already have Phil Foden. They already have all these guys that play similar <laughs> roles. So why would you get another one for this price tag? Yeah, it's going to be a, it's a crowded midfield already. Let's move on. Romelu Lukaku to Chelsea. For another big price tag, 115 million euros. The guy that always seems to really step up in, uh, he had a good year with uh, Inter as well as with international competition as well. But 115 million euros to Chelsea. Evan, what do you think? Love Romelu. I, I have a Man United jersey of Romelu, so that tells you I'm a little biased with this move. But for that price tag, my, my worry is more of what's happening at Inter Milan because they're having a lot of money issues too, and that's that's the biggest issue. But for Lu- this Lukaku move to Chelsea, I think it's good. They get that number nine. I mean, Timo Warner, it seems like they're already giving up on that project. So overall, including all those factors, a B minus, I feel like, a B, B minus, because Lukaku can be an impactful player, but you're also abandoning someone like Timo Warner. You're putting such a hefty price tag, and someone like Erling Alon, which you were rumored to, you didn't get, so B minus. I'll give it an A minus. I think that Chelsea kind of learned from their mistake. You know, they got Timo Werner, a guy that was supposed to be big. They didn't know if he could play in the Premier League or not. Um, So they decided to fix that and get a guy that they know that can play in the Premier League and, you know, be really good and has had experience doing it before. So I don't mind them getting him back. I think the price tag is a little much, uh, especially, you know, now in his career. Um, I still think that's a lot, but... You know, I think good deal for both sides is what they needed. Yeah. All right, here are a couple of wild cards for you. Martin Odegaard to Arsenal for 40 million euros. What do you think of Martin Odegaard? I don't care who it is to Arsenal right now. It's just a C or a D, man. It's just like Odegaard's not going to change their issues. I mean, they need a lot of help. And nothing against Odegaard because he was supposed to be this future Real Madrid prospect, and everyone was talking about him. But – 40 million euros they need to be spending that elsewhere i feel like there's a lot of issues to fix and someone like odegaard he could be a good player and could play a good role but he's not going to fix a lot of their issues so um, see uh, again I, I a little bit against uh, arsenal but probably a C. i'll give it a b i think that odegaard has played well uh in the past year or so with his stint at arsenal um, also, you know, in international play, I thought that he's been playing well. 
uh, for Norway. So I think that as long as he continues to go on the up and up, this will be a good signing for them. You know, Arsenal has been very focused on their youth. <clears throat> so, excuse me, sorry. Um, but they've been very focused on their youth in terms of transfers and things like that, and I could see him as being one of the ones that works out. Daniel James to Leeds, sort of another wild card. This one for 25 million pounds. Miller, I'm going to start off with you. Former United player now going to Leeds. What do you? Uh, what's the? Uh, what's the grade here? I'm going to give it an A for Leeds. I, I think it's a really good signing for them. He fits what they want to do really well. You know, he's got a good engine. He likes to run. That's what they do over at Leeds. <laughs> uh, so I think, you know, obviously they're not the, – they spent a little bit of a bag on him. I don't know if he's worth 25 mil, but I, I think that this is a good deal for them. They get some other guys, some younger guys that have played on other Premier League teams, bigger clubs. That's how Leeds is going to continue to grow and get better and place a foothold in this league where they can stay. Uh, for my boy Jerry Walker, it is an A+. I don't have to say <laughs> any more, anymore, but exactly what Miller said. And uh, the next move also is just an A+, really. Facts. Oh, man. Uh, this, this one, uh, this Probably one I know. Probably my favorite one. This one, Miller's favorite. Uh, the, for those who are my just listening favorite. to the show, a, a guy that is almost our, our unofficial player of the show i guess the, the, the sponsor you yeah. could say eduardo camavinga he's so good he's, he's such, so good. such a bright future to real madrid for 30 million euros which i have to say um first of all i feel like that price i mean first of all it's it's for, it's a it's a steal for it's real steal. madrid but like if you're uh, again excuse my french literally ren i guess i yeah. yes. for 40 million like that's that's not that much. Yeah, wait a summer, and you could have gotten more. <laughs> you know how many teams were going to be coming for him? Barcelona was one of them. I'm just mad because that's such a steal for Real Madrid. I mean, what he can offer, he's going to be one of those guys that are going to boss the La Liga for quite a while. And to get him at that price tag, that's a huge move for Real Madrid. So that's a A-plus for everyone not named Barcelona again. If he really works on his game, he could be one of the best in the world. And he's 18. He's now the youngest player ever to start for the French national senior team, and he's just—he's—he's he's awesome. He's incredible. I hope that a lot of more people will be able to watch him now because he's on Real Madrid instead of a French team, where obviously it's a little bit harder to get those games. So I'm hoping a lot of people will now see what he is all about and see all the good things that people are saying. So I, I think really good move. Just to put into perspective real quickly, Kamavinga, this is the guy, this is Ren's best player. Like, yeah, he's their absolutely. stud. All in all. Imagine, just think of your own your own team that you root for and your best player being sold out for only $30 million. Yeah. Like, you would want a lot more than that. Oh, yeah, for And sure. so that's why, great move for Real, not so much for Ren. But we got another, we got to move on from summer transfer no, window. On, hold on, A-plus for Nuno Mensch. What a move for PSG. <laughs> okay. I think that just deserves some credit. <laughs> forgot about Who? that. Nuno Mensch, okay, uh, okay. if that's how you say the Portuguese way is what I learned. But incredible uh, wing back. Uh, got him for pretty cheap, late in the window. Uh, not talked about enough, but what a deal. Uh, that's all I'd say. You can go to Champions League right now. You're listening to Dissecting the Pitcher <laughs> on BlazeRadioOnline.com. Gareth Kwok, Edwin Perez, Miller McKinney. Couple, five, 15 more minutes here on this show. Let's talk now Champions League draw and 
let's give our group stage predictions. But we got we're just been stacked on this show from from top to bottom. We have. Uh, we got so much to talk about. That's why we're going in so fast. The the draw was back on August 26th, a couple of weeks ago. Already, the first games of the group stage will be played next week, and, and I know we're we're going to be trying to. They're, they're, everybody in the offices are going to be watching those games at, here at, at Arizona State. But let's go group by group, real quick. And um, you know, just give your quick take on your quick take on each group, and then the two teams that are getting out of it in each one. So let's start with Group A. I'll let, let the teams off real quick. Club Bruges, Manchester City, PSG, and RB Leipzig. Seems like a little bit of a crowded opening group right there. It's a good group. I mean, obviously not for Club Bruges, but uh, I think Leipzig's a good team to face too. They'll they'll, they'll put on a game. Now, I'm not saying they're getting out of this because it's obvious who the top two are going to be. But uh, for them, for P- we're going to see PSG Man City twice and already, and it might be a preview of the final. That's dirty, man. That's it's such a great group to watch. But I mean, I already teased my pick, PSG Man City. It's going to be hard for a team like Club Bruges to even have a chance. And for RB Leipzig, they'll put on some games, but. When you're facing two teams like that that are going to be going hard at you and are probably Champions League favorites, uh, you're saying your prayers right now, brother. <laughs> yeah, now they have to play Messi too. It's over. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even. I don't have an opinion on that group. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> terrible group. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Group B: AC yeah, Milan, Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, and then Porto. I mean. Man, that's that's tough. That only that that's tough. That only half of those teams can make it. When it seems like I, any of those teams, I think, are deserving to go through. And any of those could make a run, a low key run. Yeah. The Porto team could make a run. Now, I don't think so because of the group that they're in, and they're going to be probably the fourth place team. But that's nothing against Porto because they have talent. Mm-hmm. You got a Milan team who's also resurgent. They're getting back into their problems. I'm not saying they're they're the old Milan yet, but uh, they're a good team. And you have a let go team now with Griezmann and all the attacking and they and what they did last year. The Liverpool team who's resurgent got Allison back. I mean, that's probably one of the most entertaining groups. And if I was a betting man, I wouldn't bet any games in that group because that's <laughs> that's going to be very interesting matchups uh, every week. And every game is going to count. So, But if I were to bet, I think I always like to do sneaky picks, but I'm going to go boring right here. I think I'm going to go Atletico and Liverpool. And it's going to be close, though. I think Milan's going to make it make it very close for that second spot. I, oof, yeah, like I said, I think this probably is the best group uh, in Champions League. Group uh, of death? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, looking at the other groups, you know, there, there's just not one that has as much talent as this one does, top to bottom. So I'm not really sure, man. I, I think that, you know, like Edwin said, it's kind of hard to bet on this. But I think if I really had to put my thumb down, I'm going to go with Liverpool and AC Milan. Okay. Wow. Liverpool and AC Milan. All right. I know we don't have time to go through all everybody's explanation. Let's go Group C here. Ajax, Besiktas, Dortmund. What are you laughing at? No, Uh, nothing. And then Sporting. Uh, Those are the four teams there. I'm interested to see your picks here. It's it's really interesting because I think Dortmund – because I like sporting a lot. <laughs> I'm taking sporting as the other team. Yeah, I'm taking sporting too. Because I think Ajax is not the same Ajax of old. No, not yet. So I think I think it's gonna be Dortmund sporting. Okay, but it's gonna it's, it's an interesting group too because uh, Besiktas uh, again. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. They're also can put up a match too. I'm not saying that they're gonna get fourth, but 
It's going to be very close. This but is like a good like mid-level group. Yeah. Like they don't have yeah. a bunch of top-end teams, but there's some solid contenders in here. I mean, Sport- Sporting's a good team in, in that Portuguese are. team in that Portuguese league, right? Yeah. Probably Ronaldo's next uh, destination after Man United. He's going to go back home <laughs> after a Champions League trophy. I'll allow it. So Miller, you say Dortmund and Sporting? Dortmund and Sporting. Retweet. Group Group D: Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk. Yeah, you can skip Sheriff. this one. Real Sheriff. The Sheriff. Shakhtar as their as their crest. FC Sheriff Tiraspol. They knew what they were doing. They're nuts. Miller. <laughs> it literally is. Yeah, the, the the star there. The Moldovan National Division. I mean, I'm excited to see them. I mean, I've never heard of the team before. I mean, yeah, we in our in our years broadcasting, we have not seen this team in the Champions League yet. But I'll tell you this: we we got a lot of groups to talk about, so I'm not gonna say much. (laughs) You know, you already know know the two teams we're picking: Real Madrid, Group E, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Benfica. And Dynamo Kiev. No, well, here's the thing. There's not much to talk about, but this Barcelona team is going to get low-key whooped by this Bayern team. The, the <laughs> not team low-key. No, low-key. Low-key, low-key, bro. Pedri and Fati are going to put up some games, dog. But, uh, oh, man. <laughs> but uh, this Benfica team, <laughs> no, the goal difference is going to be very key at this group. So Benfica might give them a little bit of a run, just a little bit. But okay. it's, gonna, it's the obvious teams. We can move on to the yeah, next it's one. Obvious teams. obvious teams. Group F. Oh, the young boys. And this is another, another you know, interesting group. Atlanta, Manchester United, Villarreal, and then Young Boys. God, I love Young Boys. <laughs> <laughs> you always say that when we talk about Young Boys. The Young Boys Loki are a nuts team, too. Let, let me tell you. The that's Young one, Boys one from the Switzerland. teams from Pop 4. I uh, did, yeah. I, I For some reason, I just I have taken a, a strong attraction to the Young Boys Club. <laughs> They're from the Swiss Super League, by the way, in case... You guys think we're making things up? Nope. The BSC Young Boys. But I, I, I'm guessing Manchester United. There we go. What's, who's going to be our other pick? Yeah, Villarreal who's or the other Atlanta? One? Atlanta who, who, who or Villarreal? I personally, I'm going to take Atlanta. Uh-huh. Uh, Villarreal is kind of a Europa League wonder. They are. In my opinion. They're a good team, but at the same time, Atlanta's kind of been in the Champions League for a couple years now. They've kind of... You know, play this game. They know how the season goes and like what, what they need to be ready for. So they're a spo- I'm gonna take they're a, a spoiler team. Bias. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I I think Atlanta. I think this Villarreal team is gonna go to the Europa League and do well there. I just don't think this is their type of competition. But I'm excited about this next group. Really, two more groups. Group G. There's Lille, RB Salzburg, Sevilla. And then Wolfsburg. I'm excited because any one of these teams can go on those weird sneaky runs that one team typically does, you know? I know who I'm taking. Oh. Who are you I'll, taking? Oh, I'll let you go first. I then. think, and I'll tell you who I think wins the group. I think Lil wins this group. Okay. Yeah, we're nuts. I, li- I like Lil a lot. They have a lot of good players. They've kind of built up a squad that they really like and know how to work with. So I, I'm going to take them and Sevilla as mine too. Renato Sanchez? Yeah, that's my guy. Did that's you what... even have to ask? <laughs> that man is nuts. Yeah, dude, he's <laughs> so dirty. Yeah, so... Edwin, Edwin, who are you picking? I mean, people forget about Lille won the league last year. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're really good. They were good. They're so... the one, yeah. I think Salzburg is kind of nice too, but I, I, I'm going to go with Sevilla. I'm going to go with the Spanish because I think Spanish teams typically do well. And last but not least, Group H, Chelsea, Malmo. Juventus, Malmo, and then Zenit. From yeah. the Russian league, Malmo and Senate, bro, they're gonna be nuts this Champions League, really. <laughs> I, dude, I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking Zenit to go through. 
<laughs> and who else? And Chelsea. Really? really? You're not taking Juve? No, dude. Uh, I don't think. I don't think keeping Juve, the receipts. Like I said, I don't. I don't even know what this team is gonna look like in Champions League. I don't know who the starting eleven is gonna be. I don't know how they're gonna play. And I just, I don't want to have to worry about it. So okay. I'm taking Zenit. I'm going Chelsea's Juve. I just think Juve is gonna get smashed in the round of 16. But that's they'll just make a it different through, story. Though. Yeah, they'll make it through. They'll make it through. It. What, right. What's the McKinney show, really? Well, next week we'll <laughs> give our reaction to the first week of Champions League action. Again, our next show, we're, we're on here all every Friday at 1 o'clock p.m. new time. But uh, back here for our the season premiere and our final season here at Dissecting the Pitch. All right, we got a couple <laughs> more minutes. What's going on over there? He keeps showing me the the, the draft game. It's the Miller oh, segment, baby. It's Uh-oh. the Miller it segment. Miller we got to pull up the we draft got, We got five more minutes here. It might, might just be a Miller time Edwin segment combined here. Combined. And it, it's funny because it seems like Edwin is now in, in, inter, interfering with the Miller time segment yeah, he, here. He's definitely worked his way in He here. has worked his way. <laughs> Um, all right, what do you got for us, boys? All right, I'll go first real quick because yeah. I know you like to go out of the box <laughs> oh, a little no. bit. Oh, no. Uh, series picks here. Uh, if you are betting, is now legal in this great state of Arizona. Yep. So good yep. luck and be safe out there. And I emphasize that last part heavily. It's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Um, <laughs> but a uh, couple games that I like this weekend. And, you know, right now I like to stick to the Premier League because it, it's kind of what's the most available, what people can watch. You want to be able to watch your that uh, in the future I'll kind of go away from it a little bit but so far there's one game that I really like don't bet it on its own it's Manchester United versus Newcastle tomorrow at 7 a.m. Arizona time Manchester United is minus 500 to win the game oh wow. and they are favored by two goals Okay. So both of those I could see happening, um, but I would put that in a parlay if you're going to bet on anything because you're probably not going to make a whole bunch of money there. Uh, maybe even the over and goals. It's at three. Okay. So I could see that. An over and goals might be nice. Um, but a couple other lines that I really like, Arsenal and Norwich. Mm. A lot of people are saying if Arsenal lose this game, then Arteta out. Absolutely. I agree. I don't think they lose the game. I think they tie. All right. And it's going to prolong because I I see Arsenal fans all the time. They're always angry. This will give them a reason to continue to be angry (laughs) is the tie. So I'm taking the tie here. I don't think. Pookie didn't deliver. I I hope so um, because I'm betting on the tie. But, uh, yeah, dude, I just – I don't think either one of these teams play very good soccer right now. Um, They obviously aren't – Either most of the talented squads, either Arsenal should win this game, but in the form they've been recently, I could see a 0-0 or 1-1 tie, so I'm going to say bet the tie there. Last game is, oh, and this is a real tough one too. This is a real, real tough one. Um, on Sunday, Leeds play Liverpool. Oh, and okay. I see that as a high-scoring affair. I, I think those boys okay. are going to be running up and down yep. the field, counter-attack, oh, yeah. counter-attacking the mess out of each other. Um, the over-under is three goals. I say take the over. Okay. I'm saying, yeah, at least four goals wow. scored in this game. All right, then when you got one to one quick. minute here. I'll be All quick. Right. I'll be quick. All Don't right. you worry, right. ladies and gentlemen. Draft, draft <laughs> Sponsor us yeah, already. Get DraftKings on. You get some free bets going on, so oh, I recommend okay. this. I'm oh, going to do, do my smart one that I did personally. You parlayed the Champions League. 
Bayern Munich to win, Benfica to win, PSG to win. You can win $116 from that. That's a nasty parlay, That's really. Nasty. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, today, if you want to bet some, bet some games, I don't know if you're allowed to bet these games, but I'm going to tell you uh-huh. anyways. New Mexico United's facing Austin Bold FC, oh, bro. What? <laughs> New Mexico United's kind of nasty, bro. They oh, put up a no. game against Phoenix Rising, so I would bet All right. New Mexico United. I, I, I think the listeners stopped. After no, the no, 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 no. Uh, Houston Dash is going to beat the Houston Chicago Dash. Red Stars, so that's going to be a worthy parlay. And my final one is uh, Make it going <laughs> to be a great one. Now, ladies and gentlemen, DraftKings lets you parlay. West Ham finishing in the top six <laughs> and West Ham winning the Europa League. You can win a thousand five hundred dollars if both those happen yeah, they won't both happen. it's gonna happen so ladies and gentlemen i'm trying to get you 1.5k money <laughs> i'll pay you the money myself if it happens watch well thank you so much gentlemen and thanks again to everyone who listened into our first episode of this season of dissecting the pitch make sure you follow us on twitter at dissect the pitch as well as our spotify will be uploading this episode to our spotify but for my co-host Edwin Perez and Miller McKinney, I'm Gareth Kwok saying so long. We'll see you next week at 1 o'clock p.m. for our next show. Have a great weekend.